0: to Around Comics. I don't care what you say, Bean Dad was a bad dude. Anyway, hey, welcome back to another episode of Around Comics. I am Brian Salazar, that is Christopher Niesman. Thank you for listening to our little silly podcast show here. We have an episode, we have an episode for you today. We have, I don't know, if, I can't it really will say. Be an episode. It will be an episode. Uh, that's all we can guarantee you is it will, there will be talking.
1: There will about be. A, a, about a and comic to- book. Yeah, and Tom Tom will be here in a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna talk about kill lock, the kill lock. I'm looking looking forward to uh to dissecting that a little bit, like a, mm. like an artisan,
0: like an artisan uh, robot. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> How you doing, Bud? I'm good. I'm pretty good. I'm back in, yeah. back in uh, you know it's funny. Like I was off for like 13 days in a row. I had overnight. vacation time just kind of built up. And so I just took it at the end of the year. So I was off all through Christmas and and New Year's. But, and as much as it was, you know, nice to have a break, I didn't really go anywhere and do anything. It was just sort of, you know, bumming around the house and hanging out with my kids, playing Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of thing. And uh, back at work this morning, and it's like, you know, there is a certain, like, once you do something long enough where it's just your habit and yeah. the schedule... But it's like, it's so much easier for me to like eat healthy, make sure I work out, you know, You're just a like, habit. Habit.
1: You gotta yeah, I'm a bit of
0: a, a creature of habit at this point. And, and, and it, it, as much as I don't like necessarily like work, the getting up, even when I, I found that like back in COVID, cause I was home for three months with COVID. And even then, you know, the first few weeks I was just like, oh, I'll roll out of bed, you know, five minutes after I need to be up and nobody's put, you know, nobody's paying attention, that kind of thing. But then it got to be like sort of depressing, and I was like, "Okay, no, I'm gonna get up, shower, get dressed, you I know, work out, have a routine. I'm gonna have yeah. a routine because if I don't have a routine, it's it goes south."
1: I was the same way until I started running, and then once I started getting up and running, like at five thirty in the morning, that kind of saved me. It was that that yeah, because I needed to do. it. Well, yeah, yeah you need it.
0: It's funny because I never thought I'd be the kind of guy who like would complain about not having you know like somebody who's retired is like oh is miserable but i can kind of understand it because if you don't have something to do if you don't I mean, have you got, yeah i mean if yeah you have, if you have nothing to do it's really not much fun
1: yeah you that's know? why they walk you know walk in malls and that kind of stuff you know walmart yeah. greeters yeah you know, you yeah
0: i want to yeah. do nothing i don't want to do nothing i just don't want to do what other people want me to do
1: yeah, apparently if you're like my dad, you just uh just work on all of your wife's uh uh gardening and landscaping projects.
0: Well, there you go. That's see that's, that's just keeping busy, man. Just just,
1: just keep them. Exactly. So, me what I'll do in my retirement is reread all of the comics that I've forgotten about.
0: <laughs> to be all of them.
1: Yeah, cuz isn't that great as you know, we we talked about this as you get older, um, you know, basically when I go back and reread comics, it's like the first time cuz I can't remember what they were about.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, when we went
1: back, it's like a like being a goldfish, man.
0: <laughs> when we went back and and um talked about Transmet, mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, yeah, I really don't remember this at all. I mean, I don't I'm experiencing it from a completely different perspective because one i'm a lot older and and i probably understand it better but it's just like
1: yeah i i the <laughs> recollection of it i mean there's some i mean there's like the gold standards that i remember but i get you know it was like like phoenix saga i feel like i remember that story so well i bet you if i went back and reread it i i would feel differently about it
0: Oh, I'm sure. How could you not? You're 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 not the same person you were when you first read that yeah, book.
1: I read that thing so many times. Um speaking of reading stuff, um I've got this in the mail today. This Ooh. is this is the the criminal volume three. I didn't notice that it. it's I forgot that the uh all the other criminal stuff was on the icon imprint is yeah. uh which that was the that was Marvel's kind of their almost like vertigo imprint right
0: yeah it was a way for them to get big name creators to to sign exclusives because then they could still do uh their creator own, stuff. Creator own stuff that they would I, they would you know end up retaining yeah. ownership to yeah so this I mean, is the first it one. With Venice, really
1: yeah so this is the first one and straczynski i think if i remember correctly um but yeah, this is the first one under Image, and it's great, except it also, it, it's it got Bad Weekend, and uh, and my heroes have always been junkies are in here, which I also have in hardcover. Oh. <laughs> so I've got some extra books out there. For, we'll have to come up with a contest or something. There you go. For, well,
0: we've been talking a little bit today. We were talking about the p- possibility of Patreon, doing a Patreon page, and Doing some additional episodes and that kind of stuff, and maybe that could be a, uh, a you know a tier where it's like you get. I have enough books, I could easily give people stuff for free.
1: Uh, you know, I have three were, copies of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who wants an absolute vertigo? Yay! Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've you know, um. I've got the the Baltimore, uh, the plague ships. I think I have three copies of that damn thing.
0: Maybe that's what we'll do. Like um. A tier where you are, you're, you're, every month that you're a member of the tier, you're, you're put into a drawing
1: (laughs) to to win a free
0: book from our, our like, you know, overstock of crap.
1: From, from the collection of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, oh, I also picked up, uh, Reckless. So I'm ready to. Did you read it? Yeah. So it was, uh, Brubaker Phillips Day. Did you read, Um, did you read
0: Reckless? Hm.
1: Did you read it? No, I just got it today. Just oh, just okay. That with the uh, with the criminal. Nice.
0: Yeah, I got the hardcover as well. I, I love that. That's what they're. Well, we talked about this last week. Is there? I think all their future stuff is just going to be like this, just hardcovers. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I, give me a give me a hardcover. I'll I'll buy this every six months. One of these from you guys.
1: Yeah, I've got quite the Brubaker Phillips wall starting to build up here on the uh, on the old shelves.
0: Well, they are definitely one of those pairings where it's like I'm just going to buy the sight unseen. Yeah,
1: it's whatever like, you guys
0: put it, out, I'm going to buy it.
1: It's like Azzarillo and Rizzo. You yeah. know, it's
0: same. Yeah. I was just going to ask what other what other groups or what other artists or writers are you sort of sight unseen? Darrow yeah. was or, uh, Darwin was always one for sure. Mm-hmm. Anything you know, Darwin Cook did I. I yeah, but
1: as far as like teams, though, like uh, like creative teams, uh, writer artist. I mean, we grew up on Claremont Burn, but I don't even, you know, I don't know if we thought of that as a team team. Um, yeah, oh, I mean, I'm, yeah,
0: I'm not I'm trying to even think of other teams that I really consider.
1: Yeah, it's like you know. Anymore. What would be the prerequisite? Would it be like, you know, would it, would it be like a number of comics or years together? Because, you know, I look at stuff like, you know, Jodorowsky and Mobius, but, you know, I don't know if I would, did they do enough to be considered like an all-time great team or something like that?
0: I think just the quality of their work puts in there, but yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know that the, I don't, you don't have that many, you know, I mean, Kenny O'Neill, Neil Adams. <laughs> Well, I'm talking about today, though. Like, oh,
1: today's like um, stuff that
0: comes out now that you were like, oh, I'm going to buy that because it's Brew and Phillips. I'm just going to buy that. Rizzo and and Azarello, although they don't really do much, you know, they haven't done anything really lately, but
1: they got a series coming out right now, don't they?
0: Do they? I don't know. I think
1: so. Yeah. Off to look. Oh, but yeah, I think so. Um, Easton yeah. and lard, huh? <laughs> The what? Eastman and Lard, Eastman and Lard. Um, uh, you know, I was gonna say, like, um, you know, Greg Lucca, Greg Rucka, and Michael Lark, but I really buy that book more because of that. You know, Lazarus, I buy because of the the whole package, and they haven't really done that much outside of that book. I mean, I love. Well,
0: let's be honest, you're gonna buy pretty much anything Greg does. I don't buy
1: everything he does. <laughs> There's uh, an occasional book that, uh, you know, I still have to catch up on, like, Black Magic and a few others. But, uh, yeah, you know, for, uh, I know, a long time, we probably would have both agreed, like, Bendis and um, uh, Oming.
0: I was going to say, like, Sinkevich and anyone Pretty much like
1: it and like, anyone, yeah. Great artist writer teams, Tom. Oh, well, let's drop uh, like current ones, current. Yeah, we we're
0: thinking like because we were saying like Baker and Phillips, pretty much anything they do, I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and Rizzo, if they do anything together, I'm going to buy that kind of thing. But I, I was trying to think of other teams that are even out there. How about you, people watching? Anyone out there watching? Who, what's a great modern day comic book duo or team up? Paul Miotti and uh, Connor is that is that considered? Amanda Con- Connor and and
1: do they do enough together?
0: They just do the one, I think, but I don't know. They've yeah. done they've done a bit. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other other great duos.
1: We'll be back after a quick break.
0: Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen
2: to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, bestselling author of the Lunar Chronicles, and I would love
0: for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast.
1: I'm sure it'll come to us. We'll, we we'll, throughout the, throughout the, uh, um, oh, Jason Aaron and RM Guara. Uh,
0: Anything uh,
1: those guys do together? And they worked on multiple projects together.
0: I'm not that big a fan of Guara, to be You're honest. You're not a fan of what? Yeah. <sighs> What really? Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I mean I'm a I'm a big Jason Aaron fan where I'll buy just about anything he does, but
1: I'm not that big a fan of Guara. Wow, really? That's that is surprising to me. I,
0: I mean I don't hate it.
1: Yeah, just too loose. I,
0: um I like it for certain stories. I don't think that it works with everything.
1: Okay. Well, sure. Yeah, that's okay. But. I can see that. Um, you, well, now that Tom is here. Hi, Tom. Hi. And 2021 does kind of suck, but I mean, we're, we're like five days in. I mean, given it We lost
0: chance. Tanya Roberts, man. We lost, we, we we lost her. We got her
2: back. No, and she, then we lost actually, her. she actually died.
0: She, she did, did die. actually die. Well, yeah. according to her Did spouse, she die
1: and then
2: not die and then they, die again? She died and they were wrong. And then she did die.
1: The
0: reports of her death were correct. Uh, premature. Sure, they were but, premature. Sure,
2: but eventually correct. Yeah. Eventually. As so far as we on, know, it could change tomorrow.
0: I mean,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. it is 2021. It's Anything
1: could Have we found out yet? Oh, right. well, that's I tomorrow. It's
0: not. No.
2: <laughs> 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 no. Doctor, you mean- Dr. Dre is in uh, intensive care. What? He a, yeah, he had a brain aneurysm. Oh, yeah! Wow! Sorry to break the news to you guys.
1: Yeah, I'm a little sad about Marianne.
2: Who Marianne? She lived lived a full life. She did live a full life. Marianne, who from Gilligan's Island? Oh, did she die? Yeah, she died a couple days ago.
0: Oh well, I didn't even know she
1: was alive. First time
0: I killed Bruce Dern in a. uh, (laughs) a
1: Saw that Bruce Dern's alive.
0: I didn't know. I could have sworn he died a couple, like a month ago or two months ago. I, yeah. I could have sworn he died. Uh, I, I it reminds me. me of
1: a celebrity roast I saw like, like twenty years ago, and the and I forget who the guy was roasting, but he said, and then you know Abe bagoda, God rest his soul, and bagoda sitting in the in the audience. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah I I uh, I was talking about the Burbs, the great the great eighties uh, movie. I love that movie, and I don't think it gets nearly enough love. It's it is such a good movie, and and yeah. and, and uh, I don't think people people really appreciate it for what it is. And Wait, I said, in the late great Bruce Dern and <laughs> Carrie Fisher, and um, Mario Muscar corrected me and said, Bruce Burn, yeah,
2: not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched that movie so many times. When uh, I uh, dead. Yeah. I must have you know the part where. Uh, they're watching the guys bring the garbage bags out to their garbage can, and then they're beating it with a stick.
0: Like, oh, I've, never I've never seen that.
2: I've never seen anybody seen drive the
0: time garbage time to time the curb and time beat, time it, time and time time beat time it with a stick. Have you seen that?
1: <laughs> uh, it's, it is a great movie. It's a terrific movie. I finally got Marta watching what we do oh. in the shadows.
0: Oh God, that's I so, love that show.
1: We're through the, through the first season. We're in season two, so. It's, uh, I feel like
0: I could rewatch that entire show again. And it's laugh. an easy
1: rewatch. Well,
0: there's so just, many jokes in it. Like,
1: yes, so much of the the yeah. subtle stuff. Guillermo, yeah. especially.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which so one's good. your favorite?
1: Who's my Which, favorite?
0: Who's your favorite character on the show? Oh, Laslo. Laslo. Laslo's <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. I. I. What's her name? Kills me. I don't know. I don't. I, like, yeah, God, she, Some of the zingers, some of the just the one-liners she throws off, fucking destroy me. Uh, it was
1: I, it was the episode with uh, with Laszlo and, and Mark Hamill with the uh, the, the Ricky Daytona.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was brilliance. That was genius.
1: Twenty five minutes of the best TV I've watched in yeah. a really really long yeah, Ricky year. Daytona TV. All right, hey, let's talk about Kill Lock. This was, all right uh, this was my uh, my pick do we have a do we have a a, a, a stinger oh uh sure works the on
0: welcome to chris's trade talk
1: because i know it took you like four days to put that uh, that, <laughs> little, uh, that little uh, so stinger yeah, together.
2: Actually, uh, talks. <laughs> this
1: was actually inspired uh, by you because you suggested the first issue when it came out and I couldn't find it at my, uh, my local comic shop. And then I was uh, flipping around online and saw, that, uh, it seemed in like a pretty short amount of time that they had, uh, uh, released the trade of the, the first, the first story arc. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to get it. And I read about half of it and I was like, I'm going to make this my trade talks because this is pretty awesome. And so that's what I did. Um, Sal's got uh, for for the uh, for the people that are listening to the audio audio only version of this. Sal's uh, got some uh, some art up on the uh, on the video feed here uh, from the trade, and that's the first thing I would say is that this book is it is gorgeous. It is a beautiful beautiful book.
0: Yeah, we should say it's it's written and and drawn and everything done by uh, Livio Ramondelli
1: that's I, why I I'm wanted important. you to do that because I didn't want to pronounce that
0: I'm sure it's wrong uh but that's the best I can do but um and I I, I think he's done like I guess transformers work yeah. for IDW I'm not I wasn't familiar with him before I saw the book but that was one of the things that really attracted me to it when I saw the issue on the stand I was just like oh this is something kind of different and I, I love the robots but it's sort of got a uh almost like A character designer or like a a game designer feel to it to some degree
1: it it does it does almost feel like that that will go back to that that page i mean that looks like concept art from a video
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it Um, it very much has a concept art feel to it
0: yeah i i I think i mean if there's any flaw to his art it, it can get a little um flat in in a sense like uh, uh I don't know I think it works well with the robots mm-hmm. but i but some of the humanization of it is is a little faltered, but i mean it's a it's a really terrific
1: yeah you know, I mean, he well, does you know from from all. the artist standpoint i i i do think that he is able to to get the 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 subject the robots to act pretty well, yeah um, you know that he does inflect a lot of emotion through him, and just to, to to give you the very brief setup of the story is that you know this is it is, is all uh, oh yeah, Marta just came in to tell me about Doctor Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for interrupting
0: the show for that, Marta.
1: I'm obviously upset. Um. Uh. So anyway, the the setup for the story is that this is a completely uh mechanical universe i don't even think we ever saw anything like really organic did we is there anything organic in the entire story
0: i think they mentioned bunnies at Mm -hmm. one point but or i don't even yeah i don't know i don't think so i don't remember
1: i don't even think i saw like a tree I mean it's it is right. cities and then you know barren like moonscapes so i you never see really anything organic and it is a a sentient um a uh, robot society and in, i guess really instead of prisons they have a uh, a a penal system where that's called the kill lock where they will uh almost like a chain gang uh pair four robots together and if one of them dies then all of them die and they just kind of like set them out and uh, as it's uh explained they
0: they say they they ban they usually banish them to like a a, a shitty planet somewhere and yeah there's they're Mm -hmm. they're forced to you know behave or all die
1: yeah and they always die because it's explained in, in in one part that i'm sure we'll touch on that that two two could make it three there's an outside chance but whenever you have four that one of them always screws up
0: yeah well if you got four four opinions you know like there's no chance you're,
1: <laughs> you're no. gonna, you're gonna, a gonna breaker. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, but uh but this you know this kill lock is embedded into them and if one of them meets uh, an untimely end then all four of them will die and so uh there's four the four uh robots in this kill lock there's uh i, I guess it's probably easiest to describe them as you've got the 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 soldier the kind of blue collar laborer uh a child and i don't know how do you describe the artisan
0: he's an engineer he's he's yeah. a he's a creator designer
1: yeah of other and, robots and, and, and a, mm-hmm. and a dick. <laughs> and
0: and a sociopath. He's yeah, he's psychotic and and an asshole. And also,
1: know, the, he's almost like he's like the criminal. He's like for hmm. a band of of quote unquote criminals. He he's like the serial killer. He's like the Hannibal Lecter of the But group.
2: also, uh, so, you know, that he starts off that way, but by the end of it, there's a little more depth to him than just like that. He's the murderer. Which is the thing that I, you know, I really quite enjoyed about this book is like they f- he found a way. You know, when you get to the end of the six issues, like legitimately the end of the six issue, you're like, huh, like okay, like that's definitely a twist. Yeah, what's gonna happen? You know, like it's like oh okay, like we're, the next one, is, the next six issues are gonna be very different than the first six issues. <laughs>
0: Well the you know they well, what okay. we should say too is like these are all like classes, there's like class of robots, yeah. so like there's all sorts of artisans, there's all sorts of worker mm-hmm. class, there's all sorts of these warrior class um and they come from different places and and it they and over the course of the six issues, you find out more and more of each of them you mm-hmm. you initially kind of just find out a little bit of what why they were put together, and it's interesting that you know it doesn't it doesn't really seem to have a degree of how bad you are or how, you know, how many other robots you might or might not have killed. And then, you know, like the, the, the sort of young innocent robot who is just a defective unit who they've also put into this group, you know, so you, you kind of have like, like you said, a blue collar guy that basically was, had a DUI, Mm -hmm. you know, he was, he was, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you have the, the kind of warrior cleric, you know, um, army nut job you know that that just we i don't want to give away what he did but didn't follow orders mm-hmm. uh you know so he's he's sort of a aol you know soldier you have the artisan class who you know wanted to look deeper into the the robots that he was creating and and so just dissected them and and then you have this <laughs> you know mm-hmm. this yeah. innocent kid who's kind of put in in this whole situation and it, and over the course of the six issues, you find out more and more about each of them uh, in the sense of both what you know their actions or what they're doing right now to try and survive and and possibly find a way out of this situation. Mm-hmm. But also you find out the backstory. So I thought it was a really well-done tale of, you know, kind of... It, and I think I talked about this the first time I, I talked about the first issue. It was like, oh, I assumed it was sort of like they're going to learn how to be, you know, like good robots by having to work together was mm-hmm. sort of my assumption or at least that would be the kind mm-hmm. of trope. And I was like, Oh, that, that's not really what, it's not really what it's about <laughs> necessarily. No. I mean, it is in some ways, but it isn't necessarily. you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and like, I yeah, said, I know. think for
1: the, 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 the laborer, the blue collar, uh, the alcoholic, whatever we want to call him. I mean, it is, it is kind of a redemption story for him. Yeah, I think he's very conscious of trying to, to that that there is redemption for him to be had and trying to save the 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 child, the unfinished one. Um, but yeah, it's talking about their backstories. What I liked is that it gave us a larger look at the classes that they came from, and that's where I think a lot of the world building came up. Um, but yeah, back to your point about you know. Is, Is it a, it's not a redemption tale for all four of them for sure?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different kind of story for all of them. It's, yeah, it's a different, uh, um, arc for each one. I think has their own sort of arc, you know, um, redemption for him, possibly. Uh, you know, the, the, the soldier one's an interesting one, the wraith
2: Mm -hmm. robot
0: is an interesting one because he's sort of, you know, you kind of find out as you find out more about him, you understand him more, but then you, you also sympathize with him Mm -hmm. more. You sympathize with all the characters except for really the artisan, you know, like you don't really ever sympathize for him, but I found him the most like interesting. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think you also have a twist at the end that, gives him maybe something beyond what you thought his motives yes. were. You know, like, where it's like, oh, okay, like... You definitely get to the end, and you're like, yes, he's, like, a sociopath murderer, but there's something to what he's doing that's bigger than that. That doesn't necessarily make it a redemption story, but it definitely gives him a depth that's sort of like, oh, okay. Like, what's he... Like, what's his end game? You know, like, right? Definitely sets it up for like, um, intrigue for like where the story is going to go. Like,
0: you think that he changed as the book went on? Did you think that, or was that just
2: all sort of the the plan? The artisan? I don't know. It's tough because I think there's moments, at least art wise. I think you know the he did he did a you know a great job of giving them moments of like of humanity in quotes, you know, like you could get uh, an emotional feel from them at times. And I think there's moments where the artisan isn't totally the sociopath that you think he is, you know, like there's uh, you know, definite moments where he's surprised or like, he feels like he needs to like, you know, he's a character who you feel like he's got some master plan, but not everything totally goes Do to you his plan. That it's ever anything more than
1: self-preservation for for him though. I don't know. I think that's what this
2: next story is about. Like what is his like this you definitely are led to believe through the whole um uh through the whole story that there isn't anything more to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: but then you get to the end and you're sort of like oh okay like what is he he's after? got a bigger game and yeah more. there's something he's after that is bigger than what you thought then
0: and that's like, scary in some ways because is it like is it just revenge is it just
2: you know <laughs> yeah and or- i'm gonna i i would also say like art wise you did a really good job of um even though they're all robots you can tell who's who. By the way, there's only one time in the book where I got confused uh, when there was a battle scene between robots. You know, that's to me always sort of like the classic like transformer robot problem is when you have a fight scene, like if they're not people, can you always tell what's actually going on? You know, like metal faces. Yeah. Like faces you know, they do so much in storytelling of being able to be like, oh, that's the guy with the mustache. That's the guy with the, you know, with the uh, the eye patch, you know, like there's, it's such an easy Mm shorthand to like make characters feel different Um, that, you know, making these robots are sort of designed so differently help a lot, but also he does find a way to give them um, character to them, right? So there's only really one time where I'm like, what, what happened? Like what I had to like look at it. The like
1: difference in in the the characters, do we lose Sal? Um, the difference in the characters, they actually kind of make fun of it where they're trying to like sneak into the city and the yeah. race is just so big and they've got him like covered in some sort of cloak. Where you're uh, cloak. The artisan's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Right. The cloaks suck.
0: There was a lot of humor in it too.
1: It's yeah. a funny book, yeah.
0: It's very funny, a lot of jokes, a lot of like dry sort of wit to it and and definitely distinctive voices, each each of them, mm-hmm. you know, were very distinctive voices I thought. Other than maybe the the kid, even though
1: I mean the kid think, is the least interesting character in the book. The least interesting but also the least used, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And
2: yeah. And also <laughs> the one they kind of don't he's sort of the mystery right of like why exactly is he here you know like the the thing with the book that's interesting right is there's the plot story right of like how are these guys going to get out of it but then there's also the bigger thing of like who made these robots why why do you need a robot to open the door for a shuttle you know like (laughs) why are there workers you know like why make this you know and i you that's not necessarily like the A plot to the comic, but it's like kind of in there, you know, like, why does the artisan exist? Like, why can't he know everything about the characters? Like, why does the wraith exist? Like, the, it's like a kind of an undercurrent to the main story, but like, obviously by the end becomes sort of like, oh, okay, like this is, it's deceptively complex underneath what's like a pretty simple, uh plot device of like the kill lock itself you know mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think it, it it gives you enough information it's smartly written in the sense of like it gives you enough information to question things and keep going like turn, keep turning the page because it's like okay i want now i want to know who these wraith characters are Where what is this you know were these you know really dangerous robots or like you said why does the artisan you know, why would you make a A robot like that, but then put him in this little frail body. And, and, Mm
2: -hmm. you know, why would you make a laborer who feels anything? Yeah, why would you you have
0: any emotions?
2: Why would you make a laborer to open doors? Why would you know, why does that exist? You know, like, right, you know, why make children robot? Like, why is there unfinished robots susceptible to addiction? You know, yeah, like, there's the question, you know, like. There's that sort of like, what is happening, right? And they sort or of even the, the even idea the of
0: Like, wait a minute, if you're a robot, aren't you just following your programming? Like, why would, you know, why would the, what happened to the artisan to make him do what he did? And why does, why, why him and not all the other artisans?
2: Yeah. You know, and they refer to the forgers, you know, as like their creators. Right. And like, you know, and it's sort of, it's never front and center, but it's dropped enough to be sort of like, why is like why is it structured this way why do these things exist so i i thought that was really well done as well i was just like enough intrigue to that backstory of like you got a really good chunk of story but you certainly don't know everything right of what's going on you know if anything you're sort of more intrigued about like wait why is this why does this exist like who made this why why did yeah you know. I guess which is the question for all of us: Why do any of us exist? Exactly. Why do I? Why do we exist? Who made us, Tom? Yeah, exactly. Which
1: uh, uh, I should probably uh, jump in here. Uh, this is published by IDW, and it's a uh, twenty-four point ninety-nine US. Um, so it's not a cheap trade. Um, certainly, you know, for me, I think that lived up to the to the price tag. My one complaint is that the binding kind of sucks on it. If you have the uh, got the uh the paper version i had several pages fall out damn dude oh really yeah so that that kind of bummed me out a little bit so i don't know Let's if get that, on
0: that idw what the f that's that. some
1: bullshit man and so i paid 25 bucks for a, a trade other. so but yeah i had I'd several pages it. fall out of it
0: i'd take it back um I'd throw it at him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> throw the book at him. You call this binding? <laughs> I had to glue. It back in. In. They're loose pages. Oh. This is worthless. This is the
1: worst binding I have yeah. ever witnessed. But if you don't want to, if you don't want to um, read the poorly found version, uh, once again, it is available on Hoopla. So you can uh, jump on, read it there. We love the Hoopla.
0: Yeah, we do. It's great. I love the hoopla hoopla is phenomenal
1: hoopla is great Sal thank you for the the initial recommendation on it I loved it I mean this this book was so in my wheelhouse of the you know futuristic world building sentient robot thing yeah I
0: mean mean, for me it was just like oh this is something different and Mm -hmm. I picked it up and I started reading it and, and and just even like in the first couple of pages I'm like oh This is really something really different. Like this is, you know what I mean? Like this is a, I haven't seen this before. And, and that's always, you know, I mean more, more often than not, that's what I'm looking for in a comic book anyway. Is like, oh, this, this is a new idea Mm -hmm. or something executed in a different way. And, and it was really intriguing of like, okay, what's going to happen to these guys? And, and, and the other intriguing thing about it to me was like, how do I feel about it? You know, like, how do I feel about the end of this book? How do you guys feel? Like, because it's like none of them are, it's such a weird thing because you humanize them because, you know, they want you to, you know, he wants you to humanize them. And we naturally just kind of do that as, as, as human beings. And so you start to sort of like go, well, okay. Is the, the worker guy, he got fucked up at work and he fucked up. (laughs) I mean, he's not a bad guy, you know, it's like, the, the 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 wraith is like okay he's a religious zealot but he's really badass you know, <laughs> you yeah. know I mean? and, and even like even the artisan is like i gotta admit that fucking ability for him to just like look at another robot and see its weaknesses is, is fucking cool he's yeah. like, <laughs> like, very badass and, yeah. and he's funny and just like you know the most sort of like witty ball buster of the group so I i i just sort of all automatically like him I was like, wait a minute! These are these guys are all sentenced to die, for you know, or are they or are for they supposed reason. to learn something? You know, like yeah. what's the what's the point here? I don't know. It's an interesting. I mean, they're they're all
1: like Cool Hand Luke in you know a certain way. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, they broke the law, but you know they're all mm. have their you know things that you like about them and you know respect about them.
0: Well, what did you guys think about the ending? And not to give it away, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. But like for me, it was like. On one hand, I'm like, well, that's a really wicked idea. Like, that's a really wicked ending.
1: Yeah. But then I'm it like, the walk.
0: I'm not sure if I want that to happen. Like, you know, like, I don't think this is a good no.
2: thing. I, <laughs> I, thought was great, I, thought, I thought it was a great twist at the yeah. end. Like, because it definitely sets up sort of like, like I said, like the next six issues are not going to be like the first six issues, you know? Right. Like, which is kind of exciting, where it's like, oh, okay, we got that chunk of story. Like, now what happens next? You know, like, Completely. now that the rules have kind of changed, yeah, um, like, big time. big time, and you're sort of like, oh, okay, like, you know, one thing, you know, one storyline sort of ended in a sense. Now, what's the bigger, what's the next part of the story? What's the next? Yeah, it was. Are, is you, and know, there, and you know
0: what I really appreciated about it, too, was that. Even with that like even if he didn't do any other another arc it's it's a good science fiction story like even yeah. that and like if he never did anything else yeah. like those 6 issues is a solid science fiction story
1: in in and of itself Yeah
2: it's cool I liked it a lot
1: it Is 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 it going to have a second volume I I don't even know <laughs> to be honest I don't I'm not sure it's there's only have been six issues and I, I haven't seen a, a seventh issue. So if that's the end of the story, I feel like there's a little empty part of my, my heart that's never gonna be filled. I don't know. I yeah. I, I, I we'll, we'll have to
0: we'll have to get uh whatever his name is. Ramandali. What was his name? Lucas Olivia. Olivio Olivia. <laughs> Uh Rumadelli, Ramondelli. We'll have to get him on the line or something and figure out if we're gonna get some more kill lock or not. Yeah. Or is that all the kill lock we get?
1: Around get comics time. listeners. Find out for us. <laughs> Start
0: hunting <laughs> down Livio <laughs> Ramandelli. He sounds is
1: he is he Italian? Is he uh that sounds, sounds Italian?
0: Sounds kind of Italian, right?
1: It's Italian.
0: He's uh, Italian. Italian.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. So Awesome. So, thank you for the for the recommendation, Sal. And I'm glad everyone sounds like we all enjoyed it. Thumbs up on that one. So I'll tip my cap. You get like half credit on that one. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I did find it.
1: <laughs> yes, you did. You did. You did find it. I had read it before <laughs> you picked it. Um, uh, Tom, it is your pick for I'm our next going. trade talk. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Trade talk
2: <laughs> didn't have to remind you. <laughs> is that. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm picking something that uh, just recently came out, very recent. Uh, House of L, Book One: The Shadow Threat by uh, Claudia Gray, the writer, illustrated by Eric. And I'm gonna slaughter his name, Eric it Would be my guess. That sounds. It. Uh, and it's the it's uh, Claudia Gray is uh a young uh young adult author, a YAR author. And this is sort of a uh a different approach to talking about krypton uh as it's sort of like a, a story about two teens on krypton as the world is ending. Right. So like kind of a different go at Krypton. Uh and you know I was just you know I was literally flipping through Hoopla thinking about what to pick. And I was like, oh this looks kind of cool and kind of different and I don't know if I'm going to like it. I think this came out
0: like today.
2: Yeah, I think it might come out, yeah. and Part of what it intrigues me about, right, is like we talked about this with like Doom Patrol with the Hulk and it's like, what's like the definitive version of Krypton? I feel like there is no definitive version of Krypton. Like literally Krypton changes anytime anybody new gets shot to like talk about Krypton, like This you know, Krypton blows up, but it's always something else. Oh, Brainiac did it. No, actually, the the Kryptonians, you know, like... The origin of Krypton. Krypton ...is always in flux in a sense, and it has been for decades since Crisis, essentially. Like, there is no definitive Krypton. So, I'm also always interested when someone from outside comics, you know, gets a crack at writing one of these, like, if, you know... What that's going to feel like, you know, someone who's not beholden necessarily to, you know, how we've, you know, talk about Krypton or have experienced it in previous yeah. books and knowing that it's perhaps aimed at a slightly different audience, like yeah. what kind of approach. Uh, I, f- I feel like,
1: that. like, the John Byrne Krypton from like Man of Steel was kind of became the template of Krypton and that story. But, I mean, that's I mean that's what nineteen eighty eighties, yeah, now.
2: but even then, every single detail of that has been fucked with by somebody at some point, okay, like why Krypton blew up, you know sometimes it's uh blown up because I think Bendis changed it when he'd started writing Superman, you know, like mm-hmm. anytime anyone gets to John's has changed it, you know, like once you leave, yeah. once Earth One Superman is gone. And the Bendisverse, it
1: blew up just because everyone was talking too much. Everyone was
2: talking too much. You know, once the Earth-1 Superman went away and that sort of accumulated Krypton history was gone, like, it's kind of like free-for-all. It always blows up. No one's, (laughs) you know, stopped it from blowing up. But it's always different things, different reasons, you know. We know the end. We We know the end, right? And, you know, if there's ever been a time where we can identify more with a planet full of people who are too dumb to realize the world is dying. I think it's us right now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Very in tune with our, uh, with the current reality.
0: This is an interesting choice for, uh, like for them to put a, a a well-known, you know, YA author on a, on a title that is so sort of tangentially even connected to Bat or to Superman. Like it's our kids like 12, 13 year old kids that this is aimed at going to have any idea what Krypton is or that it's Superman or even give a shit that it's Superman. Like it's such an odd to me. It's like an odd. uh...
2: Yeah. It's like, Oh, I wonder what this is going to be. But then you thought like part of it, me thinks too. It's like, well, it's, you know, what are, what does it feel like all these big YA books that have broken through are about It's about dystopia. Worlds and you know True. how young people deal with it. You know, and crypto I don't know and... her
0: work very well. Well, I don't
2: know what her. I, uh, I'm not. I haven't. You know, obviously, I'm not a young adult. Um, not that that stops people from reading YA novels. She did some Star Wars stuff too. Um, but yeah, I mean, that it's intriguing, which is kind of why I picked it because I was sort of like, huh, what an interesting, strange thing. I wonder What's if an it'll an be good. Oddity. What an oddity. I'm intrigued by it. So we'll see. House of L. Um, the art looks pretty cool. Yeah,
0: I, I believe it just yeah, came out. Uh, let's see. I was gonna. I was gonna share my screen here. We can actually show it. There we go. Claudia Gray, Eric Zawadzki, House of L. The Shadow Threat, Volume One. It's book. It says Book One. So I'm assuming they're doing more than one. More. Anymore. Authors can't do anything that aren't trilogies, right? Like you have to have a minimum three <laughs> in your in the pocket right. before I'm you can have be public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's on uh yeah, it just came out, but it, it also is on hoopla. Uh I, I downloaded it uh on my hoopla app today. All right, cool. So I will, will and I will add that to the uh Google book cr- group that we created. We have a Google Book or not a book. Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. We have an Amazon book club and we also have a goodreads group so either one of those you can join or both if you'd like Mm. and you can interact with us and it'll tell you what our current picks are what our previous picks are and you can suggest books to us for future trade talk talks you can go to aroundcomics.com. there's a link on there um uh that there's links to both of these groups on there as opposed to me trying to tell you what the links are because they're kind of long and stupid um so i'm not going to do that but if you go to aroundcomics.com, our website uh at the top of the menu it says trade talks and underneath there are two links amazon book club goodreads uh book book club uh, and so you can you can join those up and and uh, yeah and maybe uh uh talk to us about what you're reading yeah. how's that
1: sound And you can also, you can uh, tricks out on the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And I registered Around Comics on TikTok this week.
0: Well, Pick O'Brien thinks that uh, Krypton is a new TikTok dance. That's what...
1: (laughs) Could be. blowing up. And the Around Comics TikTok does exist now.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. I can't wait to ignore that completely. I uh, have. I don't. I've never. I don't have. Any, I don't have TikTok. That's. Um,
1: I still don't know what to do with it.
0: They wouldn't let me sign in. I, I gave them my birth date. My, oh. you know, yeah, yeah. Said too old, and they won't let me sign up for like, it. Get <laughs> out of here, dude! What are
1: you get doing? out of here, grandpa!
2: Yeah, what are you doing? Grandpa. Get out of here, I, pervert! I obviously, had to lie. Send, uh, you over to send you over to Facebook.
1: Yep. So there you go. That's our. That's our talk on. On Kill Lock and Tom's kill. upcoming trade we got anything else tonight that we want to chit chat about? It will kill it will you guys. Kill. Have you
0: guys
2: seen this? The end of the eras. You mentioned it. What is that? So it, it, I just bought it with some gift cards I got. It's uh, DC through the 80s: The End of Eras, a story, a storied survey of the decade that changed comics forever, right? So it's volume one, I think they're gonna do three volumes of this. Oh and my. it's about uh, DC Comics in the 80s. And this first one is really about like, what comics, like what it was like before Crisis. So like, there's a section of superhero stories, there's a section of war stories, right? And uh, But it's not just comics reprinted, there's essays by people in here you know, like, Paul Levitz is the editor of Paul it. Paul Levitz and Roy Thomas. And, yeah, uh, it, yeah, but it's really interesting because, like, this, it's written, all these essays are written very much in a sense of, like, you know, a lot of times when you see people, like, write a forward to a book, they talk about how much they love the stories that follow. Whereas these essays are much more about, like, this is what it was like You know, this is, I'm looking up some of the examples here. So, like, they had Elliot uh, Megan writes a thing about Julie Schwartz, right? And essentially is about, like, Julie Schwartz wouldn't let DC Comics become modern. Like, in a nice way, he says it. But, like, it is sort of like, uh, hey, you know why a lot of these superhero books at DC kind of felt this way? Was because of that. And then they have a mystery uh, section. And then they have just about war comics. And they have... Uh, Andy Kubert writes about war comics, you know, like nice. his memory, you know, so it's like a lot of really interesting, you know, and they have stuff about, uh, they have some pages from like uh, the style guide to the DC superheroes and they oh, have that. comic all. book, they got comic book strips in here, Superman comic strips, like just to like give a sense of what that is. And then they also have Alan Moore's pitch. For Twilight of the Superheroes, it's <laughs> sort of like, uh, you know, uh, attempt at like a huge, like industry-wide crossover. And I've read pieces of this before, but uh, it's really interesting because it's just funny to read Alan Moore dissect crossovers <laughs> so succinctly and like really smartly and like see that, you know, not only is Alan Moore super imaginative, he totally gets why people like comics and like, (laughs) like what makes things work and like, why, you know, like, Hey, by the way, if you're going to get all the heroes together, you got to do this or people won't like the story. And like, he just dissects it. So like strategically of like what you got to do, if you're going to do one of these crossovers and he's referring to like letters that Paul Levitz has written him about, like, doing a, a crossover. And it's just really, it's, like, multiple pages of Alan Moore writing about, like, why, did you know, if we do this, does this make Dark Knight not happen in the future? Like, he sits down and, like, thinks all these things <laughs> out. And, like, it's just really cool. There like, was a time
0: that, when Alan Moore was a pretty big comic book fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, that's the only thing you can walk away from this, is, is like, this dude, like, thought about this a lot and really dissected it. <laughs> And super, obviously, just super smart and super sharp. And they have whatever happened to the the Man of Tomorrow is reprinted in here, uh, which is sort of Alan Moore's farewell story to the Earth-1 Superman where he gets to kill everybody and then say goodbye and let Superman go. And they have, like, a He-Man comic in here. It's just, like, a crazy mix of stuff that's really collected in a way that I don't think... I've seen either the big two, you know, like they'll collect stuff in a sense of like, here's an omnibus of like, here's a huge chunk of Teen Titans, you know, or here's an artist edition to show off the art. But like, this is really just about like, it's not a huge book, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, it's manageable, but it's also just about context of like, Hey, if you weren't, if you don't remember what comics were like back then, there was war comics. You could buy a war comic, right? Like, can you believe it? Yeah. Or there's mystery comics, yeah. right? Like, what were war those? Comics. You know, like it's, it was just a really, uh, you know, interesting read. Well, was
0: one of the things I had found I had gotten a hold of after uh, watching a, a episode of Cartoonist Kayfabe. They had talked about the Marvel Vault book, mm-hmm.
2: and mm-hmm. it's uh, I have the DC one, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't have it out here, but it's like, it's the same sort of thing. Like, it's just really neat sort of collection of not just comic book stuff, but behind the scenes and, and, you know, stuff and, Mm -hmm. and just all sorts of things about the, about Marvel comics through, through the ages. And it's just like a a fun, really walk through that stuff sometimes.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really interesting. You know, it's like reading, you know, knowing that Paul Levitz kind of put this together, and, you know, he also kind of he worked on that that ta- that caution book about DC Comics. You know, it kind of struck me and this this will seem like I'm pitting two people against each other. Paul Levitz kind of feels like the um, the opposite side of the coin of Stan Lee, you know, or Stan Lee is sort of like the part of comics. That's like the boisterous, like the Kind of a little bit. I mean, that, that makes it sound bad. I mean, I I think Stanley was a genius, right? And Paul Levitz is sort of that other side of like, sort of the studious, like maybe a little more like sober. It's the editor
0: and the marketer. I yeah. Mean, it, like, you know yeah. What I mean? And like, it's
2: so, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just really interesting to like, Paul Levitz is like
0: the librarian of comics. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's like, knows, you know, he kind of went through, he was a creator and then he also did all the business stuff, you know? So, like, he sort of has this wide view and was sort of there for all these sort of things that were momentous events. So, and it's just really cool to read these essays that aren't about like pumping up this book you're about to read. It's just more about like, hey, you know, like war comics existed. And it was like a thing that people were into, you know, and like mystery comics were a thing, you know, and like it's easy to forget that that context is gone, you know, like to think that you could go pick up like a war comic someplace just seems so, you know, like I know same. there are war comics, there but are. like these were comics, war comics for kids.
1: Yeah, you know, right, that's right, right,
2: right. The, you know, like they were just mixed in with they weren't
0: Garth, guy. they weren't
2: Garth Innis yeah. were yeah. comics. No, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a genre of, yeah, I've like, got a I've got you a know, weird like, war
1: tales. It's one of my favorite original art pages. It's a uh Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and it's the it's a weird war tale, so it's a mix, it's a it's a horror story and yeah. a war story, it's a world war two story about vampires. It's great. You know, I think you know, the story was four pages.
2: Yeah, and even Paul Levitz's intro is like, sort of like, hey, you know, as newsstands went away, things changed. And like, you kind of get a sense of like, is it, was it better? Was it worse? You know, like, uh, who you knows? They're different, you know, like, but the idea of like, here, this is what it was like before, you know, like, mm-hmm. there was uh, mystery comics for kids, like, that were just like next to Plastic Man, which just seems, you know, <laughs> on a newsstand that you could buy at. It. So it's like, uh, it's just interesting. It was, it was a book I had seen people talking about, and I was like, huh. I, I didn't see anything about it. And I picked it up, and it's uh, I find it super cool, a super interesting collection of like, you know, if you want to get your He-Man fix and your House of Mystery fix and your Jonah Hex mixed uh, fix all at once they're all collected you walk part. down memory lane. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of nostalgia, but like done, I think I love the yeah, idea of the, cool letter though, the giving you the context, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Of like, yeah, it's like, yeah, this is my dad worked on war comics, you know, and like, yeah, I, I just think they're super the things people write in here are super insightful because I think like they're freed from they're not pumping something up they're just like giving the context of their own. Right. Like, like this is when I came into the business, you know, like James day Mateus writes a thing about like learning everything about comics from all these like awesome people. Right. And it's like all just the context of what things were like in the early eighties without like sort of like being like, and that's why this collection is great. It's just, yeah, it's cool. That's I recommend it for cool. anyone. Who likes I that.
0: might have to pick that up.
2: It's on Hoopla. Oh, is
0: it? <laughs> yeah, oh, you can sweet. Take, yeah.
2: I will yeah, definitely yeah. read it then. Yeah, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> I mean, it's got like some. It 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 does a really good job of like being like, hey, this is what you know. This is what it was like. It was different. Superhero comics were different. Westerns were, di- you know, like it was just. Fascinating.
1: They were there. They were on the newsstands. Yeah, yeah. at your your drugstore, your, your you know convenience mm-hmm. store, or whatever
0: going with the nostalgia thing we we had a question from pick uh one of our youtube watchers he asked what was the first comic each of you ever bought i don't know if i can remember the actual first one but I re- the, the first one i remember buying was captain carrot and the uh the amazing zoo crew <laughs> was it was i remember buying that off of and pick this will make you laugh cuz you're my nephew and you remember the 711 uh by grandma's house i i bought that comic at that 711 off of a, a spinner rack which used to be in those stores and held comics and um i don't know i'm i'm trying to think i i don't know what year that would have been uh not that long ago i mean not You know, I wasn't like ten, so it certainly was. I don't think it was the first comic I ever bought, but it's it's just the one that I can remember.
1: I have my first comic. Sure, you do.
0: I do. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. i be honest. Bought it used at a uh, at a baseball card and comic shop, and it was because I was a Doctor Who fan, and I saw that, and I that's why I still have it, just because I was. Always a collector at heart, and yeah, that was the first comic I bought.
2: I I honestly can't remember. I mean, I I got so many secondhand comics that it all kind of mixes together, and that I don't remember. I mean, I remember one a memory of actually buying a comic that I have that from when I was a kid. I used to go to when I would go to Fleet Farm with my dad. They would have Spider-Man Digests. And to make me not annoy him the whole time, he'd get one for me at the beginning, and I would sit in the cart and read, like, the <laughs> Spider-Man Digest. I'm nice. like, or I would get a Mad Magazine or whatever was there. And then as far as, like, other superhero comics, I don't know. I got so something secondhand that I just felt like I had a huge, like, box of things, and I can't quite remember, like, when I started getting some on my own or when, like... I worked my way through all the ones I just like the old tattered ones I got, so that you know once we get into the you know late eighties, I remember getting some Justice League stuff when it was the wahaha Justice League. I remember dropping some of my precious um uh allowance on that, but I'm sure that's not the first thing I ever got,
0: yeah, like I said I don't. I don't, I would have been 12. I think when captain carrot and the amazing zoo crew came out and when it was on the stands, I think I would have been, I just turned 12 um, or I might've been 11. So it could have been the first comic that I ever personally bought myself. I, but it is a memory of like, I remember seeing that and I'm going, Oh wow. what you know, and I mean, being 11 or 12 years old, yeah. it's was like what super powered rabbits and dog, you oh. know, dog.
2: It's like, right in my wheelhouse. Come on. My son loves that showcase. Of the, the captain. It's the captain fun. Characters. Yeah. It's funny. It's it's,
0: it's, it was Looney Tunes. I mean, I grew up on Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry and it was Looney Tunes, <laughs> and, you know, the Justice League. So it was like. It was awesome. Yeah. Now the first, the first back issue I ever bought uh, was I talked about this the other day. Well, the first the first comic I ever bought off of a wall at a comic shop was Conan the Barbarian number one, mm-hmm. which I still have that.
1: Yeah, we talked about uh, that last week, right?
0: Huh? Yeah, I, I talked, talked about, about that, that last, last week. week. But then I was remembering like the first like back issue I bought it out of a out of a a long box was um was Invaders number one. Ah. Yeah. And okay. I I believe I still have that, but I'm I'm not sure.
1: I just know my big, my grail was, you know, after the Doctor Who stuff, and I, I collected all those. Then I discovered the X-Men, and it was, yeah, I think I had everything from about issue 104 to like 200-something. Mm-hmm. So that was, which I then sold all of those to pay to go to college, which... <laughs> I guess. I guess. Well, that good. was a waste
0: of money. What a waste of money! <laughs> <laughs> you right. went to. Hmm? S- you went to ISU.
1: <laughs> no, I. It couldn't have cost that much. <laughs> I did not go to ISU. I went to SIU.
0: SIU. Sorry.
1: SIU. Um, we are going to try and keep our episodes to an hour, and we are at an hour two.
0: <gasps> We're over the limit. We gotta We're go.
1: Bye. It. Market zero. <laughs> You're over the line, Sal. Huh? You're over the line. Market zero.
0: Market zero, that's right. So You're entering uh, a world of hurt, Donnie.
1: <laughs> Our boys didn't didn't die in Vietnam for us to be able to go over an hour on these shows. (laughs) All right. So let's wrap this one up. We'll be back um, uh, next week. We're talking about doing some supplemental uh, episodes, maybe some more information about that coming out soon. So you may, uh, may be able to hear a little bit more of us, but in smaller chunks, I think. Right.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Well, yeah, we might do some more stuff. Maybe I was thinking maybe doing, well, I used to do, like uh uh driving in my car ones, but I don't know if anyone wants to listen to that.
1: Yelling <laughs> at Chicago traffic.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: We'll
0: uh see. yeah, we'll figure out something, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, we'll see my TikTok videos starting this week. It's gonna be yeah, awesome. those, are, those are
0: gonna be huge.
1: They are the Absolutely huge. I got to figure out wait. what TikTok is first. All right. So um, so check out Tom's uh, Trade Track books. It's the, the right. House of L.
0: House of L, book House one. Yep.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. It's on uh, it's on Hoopla. Um, we've got uh, a bunch of new comics to talk about next week. Uh, once again, check us out on all of the social media outlets. Please uh, email the, the show. Uh, we love hearing from listeners. Uh, you can contact us at info at aroundcomics.com. And uh, we like the live interaction during shows. We record every Tuesday at about 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Kill lock. Kill lock. The I feel book. like
0: we're kind of in a kill
2: lock together, the three of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of. We've been
0: doing this show.
2: Read the, read the Alan Moore pitch for Twilight of the... I'm gonna, I, yeah, because yeah, it's like, oh man, this he used to really like comics. He seemed to spend yeah. a lot of time thinking about it.
1: He, he got yeah. old, Well, I think he jaded like I that. He's the
2: kind
0: of guy who spends a lot of time thinking about anything that he's gonna.
2: Think about. <laughs> know, like, he does make that, a joke in it at one point. He's like, I didn't take any breaths in that last paragraph. <laughs> <It was weird. laughs>
1: I think he's a funny guy, and people don't <laughs> mean you know always serious. But man, like his early comics, he wrote like comedy comics. He's a funny, he's a funny the, dude.
0: The greatest loss in the history of comics, my friends. The greatest loss.
1: What's that? Alan Moore. Well, I think he gave us enough. Uh, never go, go live your life, Alan.
0: No, keep writing go. comics. Turn go them out
1: do There'll you like comic show. book
0: movies Alan Moore <laughs> <laughs>
1: alright we'll be back next week in the meantime in
0: between time
1: we'll be everywhere in Hello around
0: Comics, comics.